And I think it's most importantly about how we can elevate and encourage other people and empower those other people without imposing your authority. So it's not about um, being the boss and therefore making other people look good, but it's really about genuinely being interested in other people's beliefs and and, and real sense of, of what their value and their worth is. On today's show, we are talking to Dr. Cara Antoine, who is playing a leading role in the recent Women in Tech virtual world tour. Dr. Antoine is a former exec at both Shell and Microsoft, so has plenty of experience from across the tech industry, but today is talking all about the need to show compassion and understanding, especially through this particularly interesting time that we're all living through. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly tech podcast with myself, David Savage, where we interview leaders from across the industry and bring you some technology news. Welcome to today's show. I am joined by Akish, who I had the pleasure of seeing on Friday. We that did. Was surreal. We did. Yeah, I know. It's just good to see people. It's good to see you, Dave. I think you know what I find just a bit, a bit weird about it? Yeah. Initially, yeah. it's like, oh, and then within about 10 minutes, it's like, ah, oh, well, what was lockdown? Yeah, and yeah, I swear yeah. to God, if we get back into offices or something like that, the whole idea that you haven't seen anyone for that length of time, that feeling will dissipate quite quickly. Very quickly. Which is quite nice that you can kind of sink back into, okay, yeah. life's okay. Yeah. So fingers crossed also, the um, Yeah, and it was also the, the, the first five minutes of every conversation was, so what have you been doing in lockdown? What's been going on, you know? Or, you know, oh yeah, your hair your hair looks all right actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yours does. Yours does, mate, because you've got you've got a wife at home that you trust with some clippers. But um, some other people Nails like, is, mate. yeah, exactly. Some other people, me included. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's the longest I've ever had it in my life actually at the moment. So, hey, you got booked in yeah. for for any? any I am. Day I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm booked in for the eighth. Um, online booking and all that sort of stuff. Bring a mask. Wear a mask. Uh, yeah, whatever the rules are, just happy to, to get a haircut. Let's see what happens. Small wins. Well, look, let's get into today's interview. It's with Dr. Cara Antoine, formerly of Shell and Microsoft. She's held some seriously big positions in her career. So uh, she was the Chief Marketing and Digital Operations Officer for Microsoft for the Netherlands before taking up a role as the President and Chairwoman uh, Executive Advisory Board for the Netherlands uh, branch of Women in Tech, uh, and now obviously working as a consultant as well. So uh, that's who our guest is on today's show. We will be back with some commentary after this interview. So today I'm chatting to Dr. Cara Antoine. Uh, thanks for giving up some time and joining us on the podcast. Absolutely. Uh, and I had the pleasure of meeting you actually um, at the Women in Tech event at the FOS, I want to say FES, but no, it's FOS Palace in Lisbon back in November when they had their global awards. Yes. Um, how have you been keeping since November? I've been doing well. Well, the, the the world I think has experienced a lot, and and uh, through it yeah. all, I'm, I'm I'm doing pretty well. Thank you. <laughs> How are you, David? Not too bad. And look, one of the one of the reasons why I wanted to catch up with you is is it was only last week, I think it may have been two weeks ago now, but um, it was certainly very recently that we had the Women in Tech 24 Hour Virtual World Tour. Um, as as we know, women in tech like uh, to do physical events. We were due to meet in Paris, and unfortunately, due to events that are obviously out of everyone's control right now, um, it ended up being a virtual conference that uh, I found fascinating and loved being involved with. I know you were too. Um, 
How was that experience from an organizational point of view? I mean, so many speakers, so many people attending, so many different time zones. Oh, David, well, it was absolutely fantastic. And I have to say, so this was really the, the brainchild of Ayumi Aoki Moore, who is the founder and CEO of Global Women in Tech. And I just feel privileged uh, to be a part of this. So uh, I'm currently uh, looking after the Netherlands. So president of the Dutch chapter and uh, taking part on the global advisory board with Ayumi and uh, a group of fabulous, fabulous people. Um, this was um, an event, as you say, you know, we were planning to be in Paris together for our annual event our annual summit. And well, with the, the, the events of the corona crisis coming up in the meantime, uh, we thought, well, we still want to bring this community together because if there's one thing that we've seen as a result of the corona crisis is that people are looking for community. They want to come together. They want to have the conversation. They want to continue to learn. They want to be inspired. And we thought, well, how do we then do that in now a virtual space? And within a matter of six weeks, um, you know, very much again through the, the the inspiration and the excitement that Ayumi could create for all of us around the world, uh, all 15 of the chapters that we have until now got engaged and we looked at speakers, we looked at the different themes, and of course the big theme being women taking up space. Uh, and with Dr. Crystal Johnson, who is the director of research at NASA, uh, that this was just an inspirational theme for us to consider, okay, how do women take up space when it comes to literally flying into space, but also at the boardroom and in conversations at the table uh, where women around the world and girls and women, I would say, have the opportunity to take up uh, their course of study and a, a, a career in technology. And so within a matter of a few weeks, we had more than uh, 220 speakers that could come together. We ran a 24 hour parallel sessions uh, that literally started with a kickoff in um, in the proper time zone in Australia. I think for us, it was 1 a.m. in the morning here in the Central European time zone. Uh, I'm in the Netherlands, of course, and Ayumi was in Paris. And we ran um, multiples of parallel track sessions, I think more than 60 sessions. Uh, we had over 5,000 participants who logged in and were engaged for multiples of hours of content. And there were more than 25,000 views of all of the different programs that we offered in that short 24-hour period. So... Um, I think none of us slept for two days straight, <laughs> but it was just absolutely exhilarating and, and literally out of this world. Um, very informative, insightful, inspiring, encouraging, engaging, and uh, I think really created this incredible sense of community that we have been working on building for uh, for the last couple of months. Now, you talk there about taking up space, uh, not just going into space, but in the boardroom at exact levels of organizations. And you yourself, your career, you, you've held executive uh, positions and senior positions at the likes of, of Hewlett-Packard, Shell, Microsoft. What, what do you think the key messages coming out of the conference kind of ring true with your experiences of working in those organizations about how we can help more women to have a voice at those, at those kind of conversations? So I think there are a couple of themes that really resonated throughout uh, the, the conference and, and certainly as I reflect on my own experiences and they hit across several themes in terms of empowering women. Uh, so ensuring that women um, are empowered with certain skills and tools and connections. So um, having confidence in, in the abilities that they bring, uh, gaining the visibility so that they can be seen for the great work and contributions that they can uh, that they can bring. 
and and also encouraging them. So, you know, sometimes it's about looking for that one person who's reaching out their hand to you to give a, a help, uh, to help open a door or to pull you up or to pull you in or to give you a push along to say, you know, go for it, go do that. Uh, you know, and I think there's this piece of confidence building that, and, you know, throughout my career, not only for myself, but many individuals that I've encountered um, need to learn to develop that sense of confidence. And uh, that that makes a real difference then for women and particularly as they're entering into a, a quite male dominated uh, field of technology to have the confidence to be at the table and to take up space, to let their mm. voice be heard uh, and to feel empowered um, by those around them, but also from themselves within to uh, to make those contributions that they very well uh, have have the opportunity to do at those tables. So I think for me, um, uh, the confidence is, is, is very much supported through empowerment and enablement, um, not only from yourself, but from those around you uh, and, uh, and and being able to follow your heart and your intuition to uh, know the right things to do and where to get involved. I suppose this is an interesting time because so many organizations, you know, their usual communication channels, the opportunity for people to build human relationships in opportune moments in the office, bumping into someone, having one on one conversations, being much more human. All of that's gone. And we're now stuck on the other side of a screen from people. And I suppose there's there's a there's a worry that you might hear from the same voices again and again. And some people won't get the the opportunity to be heard. How important, therefore, is it to try and make sure that these platforms, you know, the likes of Teams and likes of Zoom and so on, don't lose that very human, I suppose, organic kind of nature that you would you would have when you're in an office or meeting someone in person. Well, David, you know, I recently read an article from uh, Forbes, and uh, I think they they summed it up for me really beautifully in saying that in these times, so in these times of the COVID nineteen crisis that the world has uh, been been together in, in these times, it is important to be more human than ever. And I think that's a really beautiful uh, way of summarizing the need and really a call to all leaders uh, and individuals, because um, it, I, I'm observing right now that we're, we're, we're all together in this COVID-19, of course, uh, but we're, we're not necessarily all connecting. Right. So and that has a certain connotation. And uh, the organizations that I'm observing are doing very well in this period of time are the ones that are putting compassion first. They're putting people first uh, and they're focusing on how to improve their operational effectiveness, um, making their businesses better, work smoother um, with the individuals they have and not necessarily putting firing people and reducing costs by losing people uh, at the forefront. Because at the end of the day, when we have come through this crisis, we're going to need those people. And the organizations that are going through these massive uh, layoffs right now and really looking at only looking at reducing people, I think are going to struggle in getting back because they don't have the people then anymore that they really need. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the brilliance, um, there have been some beautiful examples of companies that have said, well, now this certain activity that we've always engaged in doesn't exist anymore. However, we have an over surplus of people 
uh, in that particular area, but we have a, created a niche in other areas of our organization where we do need resources. And so they're shifting resources to balance the over surplus with the niches in their organizations in order to not only stay in business, but in fact, to thrive. And uh, I, I really feel um, strongly about the fact that um, when we put people first and we consider what that means to be more human than ever, um, we, we uh, the big organizational collective, we will uh, will make it through this um, because, it, you know, the reality in, in my mind is that the the organizations that we all work in are, are static structures. Organizations mm-hmm. only come alive through the actions of dynamic people. And so it's very important to consider that it's not the organization, but it's really those people that are doing things. It's not organizations that do things. It's it's up to the people who work in them um, to do things. And so I feel it's it's essential that we make human connections and, and recognizing that, you know, we're not working with companies. We're working with people um, and to put those people first. How, how does an organization effectively do that? Because I, I suppose... One thing that I have been put to me recently is that the cost of a bad manager would be much more apparent now within an organization because uh, a line manager now is so much more important to the view that someone has or the, the the opinions that someone forms of an organization that they're working for. Because you're not going into an office and you're not seeing multiple levels of management and bumping into other people. Your, your relationships are very much narrowed. Are organizations doing enough to to support managers at the minute and making sure that an organization does feel human? Yeah, well, first, I think just a comment about those managers, right? So those quote unquote managers. So the, these titles, so we, we don't need a title to lead. Um, we we just need people who will care. And, and I feel that uh, a, a lot more individuals right now, people are looking for, um, you know, the opportunity to follow a leader than uh, a leader that someone has a heart than than someone that has a title. So I think it's really important to, you know, really bring our human skills forward. And um, what, you know, what what I think people can do is is focus on what I would call there are there are probably five dimensions of mm-hmm. of collaborative leadership. Um, that I think are really important. And uh, in fact, I I looked at this a couple of years ago, I uh, rounded off my doctoral study, uh, because I was in an organization that had just had brilliant scientists and engineers. And at the same time, I didn't feel that they were really connecting in their relationships. And they certainly didn't know how to share those ideas. And they didn't know how to bring them out for the the, the great outcome of of collaboration and innovation. And, And I thought, well, what is it that is going on here in these relationships that is is kind of um, hindering our ability to to collaborate well. And what is it that is stimulating a great outcome? So how how are these relationships manifesting in this way? And and I looked at um, what I would call the five dimensions of uh, collaborative behaviors and and relationships in an organization to be most effective as as a person and as a leader and. Um, the the five to just share with you what those are was make, about making it personal was looking at how we value relationships how we offer tributes champion the cause and trust our core and I can give you a few examples of what I mean by that because those are just sort of labels but there's mm. obviously um, you know a bit of essence below uh, below each of those themes yeah out of interest when you say trust your core what what do you specifically mean by trust your core. Yeah. So, so trust your core is really about, um, you know, so 
trusting yourself and your core values and making that your starting point. So it's it's thinking about, um, you know, so having a deep sense of emotional commitment to the organization and the community that you live in, um, being able to understand whether or not those gut feelings that you have, so your instincts are guiding you to, to make decisions instead of only the facts that are in front of you. It's, it's sort of the seasoned experience that you have built up throughout your life. Uh, it looks at how you can reflect on those experiences, in fact, and use those as key inputs to the decisions you're going to make. And whether or not you really understand the, the DNA of those people, those individuals and, and partners that you want to work with to help find ways to create a lasting bond with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's about uh, being open to, to being vulnerable and to discussing what your, your hopes are, your beliefs, your feelings and your values. And, you know, being able to express empathy and gratitude um, without hesitation. If I think about uh, you know experiences that I've had in my my life, uh, you know one one of them uh, uh, many years ago when I was a, a struggling graduate student working on my master's degree, I lived in a house with uh, thirty two learning disabled and physically disabled adolescents, and these individuals, you know, so they would go off and were 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 on a program to learn how to be great people in life and to get out on their own and to um, get to a certain level where they could in fact live in. In a, in a home of their own and have a job. And every night I would come home after, you know, my full day of classwork and we would have a sort of family dinner together, myself and these 32 individuals. And I was sort of their house mom. And, you know, and it was in those times that I recognized that, you know, this ability to feel gratitude and goodness uh, comes to us from sources other than our own. And these individuals were were so grateful for me being there, for showing up, for making dinner, for having a laugh together, for talking about our day. And, uh, you know, and I think it's so important that we you know, look back on those different experiences that we've had and be able to, um, you know, use our social skills that we have and our self-maturity to enlist other people's help and advice in whatever walk of life and whoever we are. Um, And also to be able to recognize those various patterns that we see in the tendencies of events and occurrences that are going to, you know, guide us in, in being able to make those great decisions. So that's about trusting your core. It's really knowing very much where you've come from and, and where that feeling of gratitude comes from, um, and not just gratitude, but then the ability to translate that into, I've had experiences on these things before, and I know how that's going to lead me now in making the decisions that I need to take today. Um, and that's a, that seasonal maturity, I would say, in terms of trusting your own core in, in that process. I would imagine that in certain circumstances, one or two or more maybe of those five dimensions come to bear a little bit more. I, I can't imagine they're all equally applied all of the time. I might be wrong. But in the current situation, are there any that have become particularly pre- prevalent, you think, that the organizations need to need to think about? Yeah, David, I think that's a great question. And in fact, um, you know, I can um, help individuals with a, a self-assessment uh, toolkit that I actually developed out of my research to give them an actual metric and a guidance on, you know, which areas am I stronger in and which are the areas that I need to continue to to develop? And, you know, how prone am I for collaborative innovation? And what are the areas that might be important for me to change my behaviors? Uh, but of course, you know, sort of for me, this whole theme is about how to make it 
personal. And, you know, and when we make it personal and, and, you know, it's interesting, I think the conversations related to COVID-19 are telling us that um, if you look at the relationships you've been in prior to COVID-19, those relationships that were strong then are strong now. Uh, however, if you were in a weakened position or in a, in a situation that, that was not in its best place, you know, things weren't going so well with a personal, a personal relationship or with a professional partner that you were engaged with, you'll recognize that probably right now it's even harder to get the trust of that individual. And so when we look at putting a spotlight on how to make it personal, um, you know, really um, uh, demonstrating a deep sense of appreciation and care and respect for other people. Um, when we look at how we have a, a personal stake in doing things and, and not things that just benefit yourself, but really benefit others around you that benefit your community. Um, when you feel really personally connected to the vision, to, to the mission of your own organization, um, and you get a lot of fun out of tapping into what makes other people happy and what's of interest to them. You know, when you really show up and show an interest in, in what's happening in someone else's situation and can kind of flexibly adapt yourself, you know, because, well, if there's not a time like now when we have to be as agile as we've been, you know, to, to change and adapt your own approach, approach when the situations change. Th these are some of the attributes that I think are so important in thinking about how we make it personal and and the the theme on value relationships, in fact, is a um, easily blends, you know, uh, on from there. It's all about people knowing people, you know, and mm -hmm. so it's it's putting yourself in the shoes of someone else and recognizing that, um, you know, that they have a need that, that you can understand and take their the time to really listen and understand what what they value most. Um, and by showing your interest in what matters to them makes a huge difference in that relationship and, in fact, in building trust. Um, when I think about, you know, our, how, how interested are we in, in, the, in someone else's goodness, you know, in the total goodness where everybody benefits and success is shared by everyone, um, you know, that shows to me how you value the relationships that you're in. And uh, and it really empowers everyone equally to show interest in them and give them your full attention. Um, and I think that these are some opportunities that if when we step back from, you know, the, the, the busyness of our lives and, and, you know, and how this world has really changed, really actively seeking ways to improve the, the image of your community, of those around you, uh, it makes such a huge difference. And and then I would say, let's not forget those champions of our organizations. You know, these are the folks that are sort of running behind the scenes all the time. They, these are individuals that have so much passion for wanting to do something that, you, you know, you don't have to um, uh, necessarily even pay them for that or, or give them that title for it. They're there doing things because they want to be there and they, want, they know they can make a difference. Um, they're the individuals that are really dedicating to making sure that everyone that's in that that environment and that collaboration will stay connected to to the mission. Um, they're interested in getting new relationships going. So, you know, they want to create ways to get everybody involved and they're really championing what's going on. And, uh, you know, and I think we've seen really quite some um, vivid uh, examples of that, even in these last couple of days, um, you know, those individuals that have uh, something that they really want to stand for and, and that they believe deeply in. And I think it's most importantly about how we can elevate and encourage 
other people and empower those other people without imposing your authority. So it's not about um, being the boss and therefore making other people look good, but it's really about genuinely being interested in other people's beliefs and, and, and real sense of, of what their value and their worth is. Look, I, I really appreciate you giving up some time today to talk to us, Cara. Uh, if anyone is interested in those in those five uh, traits, how, how would they get in touch? What's the best way for them to get in touch with you to talk about it? Um, so I can be found on LinkedIn, um, Cara Antoine, and uh, link with me and let's talk about the uh, how to make it personal. And uh, if you're interested in the self-assessment kit to, uh, you know, evaluate yourself and, and better yet, get someone else to evaluate you <laughs> and, and get a real honest score on, on how well you're doing in terms of um, uh, showing up in collaborative innovation and as a collaborative leader um, and making a difference for people today. Keep safe. I hope, I hope all is well over in the Netherlands. Appreciate the time today and thank you so much. I know I know this show is called Tech Talks and I know there's not really a lot about tech in that interview. Um, but obviously this, this is because she is a bona fide kind of tech leader at huge organisations. And it's great to hear in the midst of everything that's going on right now, it is her belief on the back of the experience that she's got that the companies that thrive are going to be the ones that put compassion first. And I think that's a really important message right now when there are organizations cutting people and cutting costs and whatever else. The firm belief of Kara is compassion because you're going to need those people. Mm, exactly. And then it, it just goes back to it just goes back to the, the whole thing of saying, you know, your business is as good as the people that are in in the business, right? And mm. we were talking offline, we were talking about um our our, our kind of respective football teams and, and the teams that we follow and you know you look at that right in terms of compassion you've just seen um you know great leadership or for, the, for those that listen to this who are football fans you know you've seen someone um a, a team that hasn't won anything in 30 years uh, won the league in 30 years win the league and a lot of kudos has been given to the group of players but then also the management and every interview that i've heard i don't know about you dave um, by Jurgen Klopp, who's a Liverpool manager, he's always mentioned the staff and those behind the scenes. So the people at the training camps, the chefs, the trainers, the, the physios, all these sorts of people. But I guess what I'm trying to say is the compassion and the 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 kind of you know um, trust that you show in in your teams or in your uh, employees that is what helps people perform better. Um, it gives yeah. you that kind of urge of actually wanting to try 110% day in, day out, but also it gives you, you know, the chance to kind of come in and, and um, be a part of something massive as well, um, which I think organisations will be. Because don't yeah. forget, I also think that there will I mean, be organisations that will just absolutely fly um, coming out of this this period um, who may have, you know, not been yeah, that, that great beforehand. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, look, she talks about these five dimensions and you're talking there about make it personal, which is obviously the one that she really wants to focus on right now. I mean, trust, trust your core, how to offer tribute, make it personal, um, how we value uh, presentation and champion uh, the cause. Uh, how to make it personal is really interesting because as you say there with the, with the Liverpool analogy, it's quite good to genuinely get football into the show by the way Kish, well done Ooh, uh, <laughs> the vision and mission you know uh, show up and show interest in others 
that makes a huge difference. It builds trust. It's that shared success piece. And it, it is really important that people buy into that. And it's funny, I, I was I was thinking of how I could kind of relate this to something that that felt quite real to me. Liverpool wasn't what jumped to mind. That's a good one. But there's this amazing documentary, a film that you can get on Amazon, I think. You might have to buy it. It might be on Google. But it's called Skid Row Marathon. Right. Right. And um, basically, it's about a judge uh, in Los Angeles called Craig Mitchell, who has spent his life first as a prosecutor, then as a judge, sentencing um, and and putting away murderers, uh, serial offenders, you know, for any number of different crimes. And it weighs really heavily on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he finds that kind of moral piece of putting, you know, saying to someone, you're going to be incarcerated for 30 years, really difficult to kind of bear, even though he knows it's his job. Mm-hmm. So he starts a running club at a local mission, which is ex-cons effectively and people who've fallen through the cracks of society. Right. And he discovers that just by going down there and teaching them to run and showing an interest in their lives, yeah. that it makes a real difference to these people. And I, I kind of, when I was listening to Kara talk about how vision and mission makes you know what what makes others happy is important mm. and you see the transformation of these people who you know some of them are in their 40s and 50s and were convicted of murder in their late teens mm. and he is still building friendships with these people because he knows that they are still people and they they still have some value and can change and can offer a lot of value and, and he ends up taking them to africa for mm-hmm. a, for a marathon in Africa, and then he takes an even larger contingent of them to Rome for the Rome Marathon, wow. and it's incredible. Yeah, and it's wow. that thing of you know, here's a group of people that everyone else would write off and say, mm-hmm. waste of time. Society doesn't know what to do with them, mm-hmm. and here's the person that's put them in jail, mm-hmm. effectively, mm-hmm. not you know, but but had to yeah. sentence them and showing yeah. an interest in them, yeah, and making them feel valuable, and then as a team they achieve something truly remarkable. Yeah, and and I think for that, I'm, I'm I mean I'm guessing if you were part of that group of individuals, he's probably the last person that you would expect to take any interest or show any value in your development, whether it's personal, physical, yeah. you know, whatever. And for that, he must have had to, you know, climb up some real uh, ladders and 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 some real walls that they they, you know, would would have had up. And it just goes to show that if you genuinely want to as a business leader and you want to influence your organization, there are always ways to connect with people. You know, it's not just a, a one size fits all type of mentality. You know, what, what sort of recognition or what sort of, you know, things work for one person doesn't always work for everyone else, but it's about kind of ingraining yourself into that function or, or, you know, with a group of people and and actually showing that empathy as, as the interview mentioned, um, and you know kind of showing that that care and affection really um mm. from that side uh, and to your point about there will be companies that come out of this that absolutely fly you know Kara talks about the fact that it's not about being good it's not about being the the most skilled essentially mm. it's about being interested yeah exactly and also i mean i don't know i, I, was, I was reading something over the weekend where you know a, a lot of um a lot of organizations will find that 
employees won't be as productive or, or what they you know were before lockdown because everyone's gone through different issues you know the worst being someone you know very close to them may have been affected by covid and and, and as such would have lost their lives you know so so parents family members these sorts of things so i, I saw a report in the paper saying that, that some people might be suffering with um post-traumatic stress, stress yeah, disorder so, yeah. exactly exactly so i think with organizations that show interest that show real care and show real understanding of people's situations whether it's you know small things like um you know if, if they've got a lot of grads or a lot of younger people that may have just finished university bills are quite difficult you know i remember when i was a graduate i didn't really have the the, the kind of sense of paying bills you know so if we are going to adopt this working from home mentality a lot more and that's going to be ingrained into businesses little things like saying hey can i pay for your internet you know why don't i pay you 25 pound extra a month or you know organize a way where they can somehow be you know eligible to to receive that sort of payment for their bills things like that will have a massive effect on someone's motivation having a massive effect on someone's um work ethic and, and most of all commitment um you know to organizations any organization that needs to thrive needs to improve needs to go places is based on on commitment by the employees or by the people that are running um the organization and i think that will just help drive that really um from 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 that side of things so yeah 100 percent agree um and it'll be a good time to see what organizations fly what organizations make it and you know some which i'm sure there will be some where where the the, the cracks will begin to appear and maybe what it seemed like you know it, what what seemed like it was a great place or what seemed like it was absolutely visionary in terms of where they were going with their people and their policies and these sorts of things that may come out um yeah which will make some interesting look, reading there is that message there again uh, you know at the heart of the tech industry it's really about people in any mm. any business for all the automation for all these things that we can do that are fabulous and add value and that are great projects to 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 focus in on mm. If people aren't pulling in the same direction and bought into each other, you're not going to succeed. Yeah. I read something yesterday, actually, and it said, and it was basically this point. It, I don't know where it was, but it said, um, the heart of each technology organization is people because your round A, B, and C funding is never handed over by a computer or a machine. It's always handed over by a you know group of people or one funder or, or some sort of consortium you know you don't just walk up to a machine enter a, fa a funky algorithm and then you go all oh, right we've been given one million funding let's go and produce our first kind of you know piece of technology or introduce our service so it yeah um i think it was somewhere in time magazine actually but yeah that was um that was quite quite good just to see how someone will still be handing you over the money that will allow you to scale up and, and start your business. So let's, let's keep thinking as about people um, from that side. No news today. So that will be the final note of the podcast. And I it's, it's a pertinent one, a pertinent one, Akish. Yeah. Um, it was lovely to see. Yeah. Hopefully it's not going to be four months until we see each other again. Hopefully not, mate. Once a that'd quarter. That would be weird. <laughs> yeah, that would be weird. Yeah, um, it would. It would. And, but no, good. and to everyone listening, uh, have a lovely week. We'll be back on Friday. Cheers, guys.